I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. So somebody is hearing you. Somebody is paying attention to you, even if they don't have the courage to put themselves out there and say, you helped me with this. But there is somebody who's quietly there in the background. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to another episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. This is episode 45. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening? We would love to know what you think. For today's episode, we're going to talk about how to start sounding like a boss and why that's so important in your business's messaging. But before we go any further, Jesse, what are you drinking today? So I'm not drinking anything special at the moment. It is my birthday today. I was just going to say, what? So I'm saving it. I'm saving it. So I will be having a glass of wine later. We're not doing anything crazy. It is a Wednesday. So we will be going out to dinner later this week. Um, But yeah, no, nothing. I'm just having uh, coffee and water right now. And I'll be having a glass of wine later. You'll have to have one for me as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just, you know, no texting me later. Because the last time you texted me well, Tipsy, this this show happened. I know. Maybe I should. I should. It's like maybe. I'm, well, you never know. You always have some ideas. really. You always have some really good ideas, especially when you're a little tipsy. I know. Mm. I'm the same way. Mm. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah. All the greatest artists are. So, <laughs> well, they're all just alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Or I they mean, just, they just enjoy a nice cocktail. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it. They just we'll enjoy leave it. I a mean, nice how cocktail. many how many sober great artists have you have you heard of? Not that we're encouraging drunkenness or not being sober before we <laughs> alienate like a ton of listeners. All right, you know what? Before I get into any more trouble, we are going to dive into our discussion with Jen Espinoza Goswami. Jen Espinoza Goswami is a professional speaker and holistic confidence coach at Weightless LLC, a former Toastmasters International Officer and graduate of the Masters of Leadership program at Augsburg University. Jen helps women show up confidently in their personal and professional lives through her signature confidence on camera training. Today, she's going to chat with us on how we can confidently show up and speak like a boss in our messaging. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. Now, We're so excited off, to have you. Yeah, Kate's yes. got the first question. Well, it's my favorite question of the show, which is, this is cocktails and content creation. So what are you drinking today? Well, I have a huge bottle and I know everyone who's listening can't see it, but you don't know what's in this big bottle, right? Is it mommy <laughs> juice? Is it cider? <laughs> we don't really know what's in this bottle. I, I will share with your audience. So I'm a former health coach. So I'm all about hydration and getting the water in. I just fill it up with water. It's kind of funny because <laughs> it has a smoothie straw, but I am totally not a smoothie person. So I'm like, yeah, I can drink more water now. Oh yeah. So <laughs> the straw, is it like, like bigger diameter? Yeah, it's huge. So you can have like chunks if you do this, the chunk oh, smoothies, yeah. but I'm like, oh. yeah. it was from, it was podcast swag from another podcast that I was on and they're all about health and wellness, but I'm one of those weird former health coaches who doesn't do smoothies. I don't drink my food. So I'm like, okay, I can just drink more water and I don't exactly. have to refill it. There I you hear go. you lose a lot of the nutritional value anyways when you like, you know, do all that, like crushing it and juicing it and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, you don't get the fiber necessarily. Like there's a lot that you lose. So I'm totally with you on the smoothie thing. Like 
No. I never understood the smoothie thing because I'm like, aren't you kind of making it like baby food? You know, you have those pouches oh, for your kids yeah, and you're like, yeah. you just drink it on the go. I'm like, okay, I get it. We're on the go. We're adults. But we can also take time to eat food. <laughs> <laughs> no, t- I, yes, I totally agree with you. It's funny. I actually just threw out a bunch of smoothies out of my like frozen smoothies that I had for some reason in my freezer. I just threw them out because I was like, I'm sorry, I have not had any of these in like a year and I need the room. Yeah, they're time to go. It's It's time time to go. go. It's time to go. All right. Well, you mentioned that you are a former health coach. So tell us a little bit more about your, your journey and what it is that you do now. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because when I started my business, I had no idea what being an entrepreneur was like. And we'll talk about that a little bit more today. But I started my business as a professional speaker. So I had a personal weight loss story. I used to be morbidly obese as a child. And uh, eventually I reached a point in college, my last year of college, where I said, "Uh, I'm gaining a lot of weight. I was already almost 300 pounds by that time. And I was super confident. It's not that I was miserable or didn't have you know, friends, I was doing really well in school. So it's not that I was at the lowest of the low, I was just a really big girl. And it was getting really difficult for me to find clothing that fit me. There weren't a lot of online options at that time for plus size women. It was uncomfortable for me to do certain things or to fit in certain places like public transportation and movie theater seats and things like that, that you wouldn't think about unless you're morbidly obese. So I decided to make a change. And being the poor college kid I was, I'm like, I don't have money to do all of these different programs. So let me just try to figure this out. And a year later, I had figured it out. I was 100 pounds lower in weight. So my first and ever chance at losing weight, and it was successful for me. So I'm like, okay, I didn't do anything with that for like three years, because I'm like, "Eh, it's something I did. I moved out to Minnesota from Wisconsin. And I'm like, yeah, I'll just do my thing. And eventually I joined Toastmasters. So if you're not familiar, Toastmasters. I was going to say, what is that? Yeah, it's a public speaking organization. It's actually international. And it was one of those things my workplace kind of said, you need to do some sort of personal development. So choose something. I'm like, oh, public speaking. Let's see what this is all about. So I joined the group at my workplace. And you can choose whatever topics you talk about in Toastmasters. There are different different projects you're supposed to do with different focuses and different techniques that you practice. And eventually I got to the point where I didn't have any more topics to talk about. So I'm like, okay, I'll just talk about the loser. And the loser was a story about me in the third person and one of my experiences of being bullied on the playground for being really heavy as a child. Not many people in my school were obese, much less morbidly obese. So I shared like a third person story about that experience. It was a five minute speech. And after that presentation, my mentor, her name is Siobhan, she came up to me and she's like, I am so inspired. I didn't know that you used to be heavy. I didn't know you had gone through these experiences. And I want to, um, I want to take my own health journey. You have inspired me to take my own health journey. So that was the, the beginning of this idea of, oh, other people can receive something from my personal experiences with this health journey. So a few years later, I got laid off again. I was in the mortgage mortgage industry and it goes up and down and layoffs and hiring. It's really kind of crazy. And I said, I want to do something that I'm really passionate about. And at the time I was like, I'm really passionate about speaking. 
and I have a personal transformation story that people connect to. So I'm like, I'm going to start a professional speaking company. <laughs> That's in a nutshell how I started my company. I actually became a health coach because I had audience members who came up to me and they're like, I want to take action. How do I do that? And I didn't have a way for them to do that. I, I didn't start as a coach. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Just figure it out. <laughs> you know, take my process and figure it out. But that wasn't that wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to help people even further and support them. So that's mm -hmm. why I decided to become a coach. That's such an inspiring story. And it's very it's really kind of neat that you took um kind of a a personal, a really personal part of your life and and turned it into a, a business to help others so that they could, you know, get out of that funk. Why would you, why did you want to help people? What, what inspired um, that? I think it's part of, I never didn't want to help people. And so okay. when I look back at my childhood, I was the youngest of four children. So I was usually the one that the others went to and confessed to. They would tell me their secrets. They would share things with me that they didn't normally share with other people. And I kept those secrets in confidence. So People would come to me because I'm a good listener. I've always been. And uh, they just knew that I wouldn't reveal whatever they were sharing. So they felt comfortable sharing very personal things with me. So that's one of the tenets of coaching is to be an active listener. So yes, I was very quiet. I was the one who was listening and acknowledging and validating, which is so important, especially for women entrepreneurs. Yeah. But I was also the person who never judged because I had my own ish going on. I wasn't about to judge anyone else. And eventually I realized that um, at the flip side of listening, which is a coaching skill, is speaking. Because I believe that it's one thing to experience wonderful success in your life, but if you don't pay it forward in some way, shape or form, um, where does it go? It kind of ends with you. So that's why I turned it into speaking. And I'm like, well, okay, it's not necessarily about me, but it's about what lessons can others derive from some of the things I experienced in life. And I'm always surprised by what my audience takes away from what I'm sharing, because I do, I'm not scripted in the sense that I don't always say the same things when I'm doing the same presentation. I change my stories. I listen to the audience. I kind of pay attention to what people want to know about but people always receive something a little bit different from my presentations. So I always find that fascinating. Uh, when you're ready to hear the message, you will hear what you need to hear. If you're not ready, you might hear something different. But either way, there's a value added to that when you're listening to someone present something that's that was transformational in their life. I I loved how you said about the listening because I think that when we have a brand, we're always like, well, yes, we you got into the public speaking, but you know we're always speaking to our audiences, and maybe we're not necessarily listening to what they need. So that is really such an important part of that journey. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah, I think we get wrapped up in in the way social media sometimes is set up as like a it, it is directional, but we get mm -hmm. so like. Because we're viewing it from one side of a screen and it's, you know, you do, at least from the digital perspective, it's really hard to maintain the idea that it is a two-way street. And yeah. um, I think it was um, Chelsea Mars of Royal Horizon Media. We've had her on the show. She's like, you know, it's imagine going to a party and, you know, 
expecting everybody like to come up to you and to come and talk to you, but you have to also engage and be present and, you know, have that conversation be like a two-way street. You're going to speak, but then you also have to listen and respond and engage and all of that. So it's interesting when you kind of all tie it back together. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest frustration with being online is you don't necessarily receive the feedback. Usually when you're speaking, whether it's live or virtual, you can pay attention to some of the cues. Like if people have their face on the camera, you can kind of see their expressions. If they're using the chat function, you can see what they're really getting value from. If you're in a live audience, you can actually, I, you know, if you're empathic or intuitive or whatever, you can actually feel the energy within the room. And I've had audiences who have laughed. I've had audiences who've cried. So it can be a very incredible wave of emotion that comes through when you're presenting. And I think one of the things that most people don't know about speakers, it's not that you just show up and speak. You do a lot of pre-work, you do a lot of research, you do a lot of follow-up afterwards. So it is a conversation in the sense of it's not just you pushing information out, it's you meeting a need. Yes. So true. So true. Thank you for saying that. mm -hmm. (laughs) So part of this is about just getting the confidence to show up from the get-go, right? So I hear all the time, and I actually have a course for brand photographers, um, as well as like running my own photography business. And so many of them struggle with like showing up online and showing up, like being confident in their offer, being confident in what they do. So in your opinion, you know, why is it that so many of us struggle, especially the entrepreneur, the solopreneur and, you know, being that business leader and taking ownership of like that, that this is, you know, a real business that you can do this. I don't know. So many of them seem to, to lack that when they're first starting out and sometimes even through several years of running a business. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point, Jesse. And one of the things as I was doing research for a presentation, um, I found an international journal of gender and entrepreneurship that even women in established businesses. So you mentioned this women who've been doing the business thing for some time, and it didn't give me a time period are less likely than men in entrepreneurship to call themselves entrepreneurs. They don't connect with that word. Mm. And you see this online, you know, hashtag mompreneur, hashtag mom boss. You don't see any men out there saying menpreneur or fatherpreneur or dadpreneur. You don't see those kinds of language being used. And that's powerful. The words we use are super powerful. And I think some of it has to do with women. We're told to uh, fit in. We're told to be part of the group. We're told not to be better than anyone else. There's, uh, there's a lot of comparison going on with women. At least I've experienced this personally. And another thing that I, um, a Northern Illinois University study came out and said that women often fail to self-promote themselves, even if it's a service that people very much need, because they fear negative backlash. And I'm one of those people. I got trolled when I shared something that was very personal and important to me on social media, I shared something on Facebook and I got attacked for it. So I understand the challenges there. I understand the fear of what people will say, what people will think. At the end of the day though, confidence has to do with showing up. So you may feel afraid, you may be hesitant, you may be like, should I or shouldn't I? But you get confident through taking the action. It's not necessarily giving yourself permission and talking yourself into it because we will talk ourselves out of it. 
give it enough time. We will talk ourselves out of anything. So, you know, give yourself less time and just take the action. That's how confidence is built over time. It's almost like that point where you just said, like, give yourself less time. It, it, it That's really interesting because I've always said, you know, done is is better than perfect and i think this kind of mm-hmm. goes back you know to to you know the idea that we have to be perfect to show up and you know confidence is sort of in you know coincides with this idea of perfectionism and it doesn't have to be perfect um so that's one thing i always tell is you know say to people done is better than perfect it's okay and you're going to reiterate you're going to iterate things all the time even if even if yeah. you believe it's perfect I can almost guarantee you that you're going to change it in the future because you're going to get feedback anyways. So quit wasting time. Just do it. And let's be real here. You know, you've seen the people who are recording videos on the go or whatever. I have literally recorded car videos while I'm waiting for my child to pick them up from school. I have recorded post-workout with like super sweaty, no makeup. And I get more comments on those videos than I do on my professionally done ones where I'm all dressed up and ready to go. So it's interesting what really connects with our audience. Well, we want to be, the people want to relate. I think we're tired of the picture perfect. You know, we're tired of seeing, you know, all the makeup done and the the perfection. And I mean, it's still, it's still very prevalent on social media and it does, it can be popular, but I think we get a little tired of seeing that that perfect life. We don't want to relate to, we don't relate to that person. So why, why would we comment or why would we get in touch with them about anything? That's a good point. You know, and why, so why do you think we need to, you kind of touch on a little bit, maybe go a little more in depth on why we need to downplay our accomplishments as women, both kind of in life and in business. Why aren't we, why aren't we owning up to those accomplishments? You know, I've noticed there's a trend in the past year, and I think it has to do with the pandemic and some of the challenges that people have been experiencing. Mm -hmm. I've seen a trend of people actually sharing what doesn't go right. And I'm so excited about that because I struggle with doing that. I am most, I'm a, if you're into Enneagram, I'm a seven, which means I'm the fun loving, everything is good, you know, I'm fine, you're fine kind of person, because that's just, I'm a very positive mindset person. So it's very difficult for me to be in the dredges in a public manner. And I think a lot of people out there are showing that it's okay to not just show the highlight reel and all the good things that are happening in life, but also maybe the things that are not as good in life. And I'm not saying if you're a private person, you have to share everything because I work with a lot of introverts. I work with a lot of people who don't like to be public with their life. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very private and that's okay. But when it comes to things that are going really well with us, I think we hesitate because we don't want to seem arrogant. And I hear this all the time. Like women that I work with, they're like coaches, they're helping people with transformational journeys. And they're like, yeah, I guess I did okay. You know, they refuse to admit their brilliance and they're doing fabulous work. Um, Maybe it's a a new coach who doesn't have too many clients that they've signed on. So they're like, am I really a coach? Like there's that imposter syndrome that comes up. I have that sometimes too. You know, there are good days and bad days. At the end of the day, though, you're connecting to your skill set. All of us have something that is our super strength or our skill set, our superpower. And we're probably doing that work or putting that work out into the world. 
that's why we're showing up, right? That's why we're facing mm-hmm. the fear and doing it anyway. So that is your mission. And I used to struggle with this idea of mission. I'm like, mission and purpose. Oh my gosh, that feels really big. It feels really heavy. But if you keep doing it, even when life is rough, then that's when you know it's meant to be. And people need that support from you. So it's not an arrogant thing. It's not a, hey, look at me. I'm so cool thing. It's a, someone is watching you, even if you don't know they're watching you and they're seeing what you're doing. And it might even be your family members. My daughters will sometimes repeat things that I share in my speeches or my presentations because we're always home all the time and they'll repeat it back to me. And it's the most beautiful thing in the world because most of the time they roll their eyes at me and I'm like, they don't care. You know, nobody, whatever. It's in the background noise for them, but they repeat it. So somebody is hearing you. Somebody is paying attention to you, even if they don't have the courage to put themselves out there and say, you helped me with this but there is somebody who's quietly there in the background. So we know now that we know there's someone there listening. We kind of have the idea of why we're not owning up to those accomplishments. Now, the meat of our show, mm-hmm. how can showing up, you know, how, how can we show up more confidently in our businesses? How can we get to that point? Well, it depends. So some people are like, I can speak to people all day long, but I don't want to do a video. So it goes back to what you feel comfortable with. Um, some people are like, I can record a video. Some people are like, I want to be in front of an audience. Uh, but starting with what is easiest for you, that is a huge confidence booster because you're like, oh, this is easy. Doesn't everyone know how to do this? Well, no, nobody. Some people don't know how to do that or some people aren't comfortable with that. So instead of you know, all of us are like being told to push through the fear and do all these amazing things, it doesn't have to be that way for you. Start with what's easy and what you're naturally inclined to do. We like easy. I like easy. (laughs) Easy easy (laughs) is good. Um, What would you say, just a follow-up question, what would you say when someone um, says they just don't have the time? That, Mm. you know, showing up, you know, they may have a little bit of this confidence issue, but they just don't have the time. You know, that's a funny thing. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And time is a matter of prioritization. So that's one of the reasons why I'm a speaker, because I can literally speak to 100 people, 300 people in one hour and have a bigger impact within that one hour than if I had a single coffee meeting or virtual meet and greet with someone. So if you're time strapped, there are definitely ways to make better use of the time that you do have. And I work with moms, too, so I get it. You know, you only have nap times. You only have after child goes to sleep. Wait, what are nap times? What are nap? I don't have nap times. You have nap times, man. (laughs) They're older, so it's all good. They're in school, so I have school time. You know. Oh, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, it's okay if you only have an hour per day. I'm thinking most people who are listening have at least an hour per day to commit to their purpose and their mission. Mm -hmm. And that's why, for me, um, I help people with their speaking because. You can record a, you can record five videos in an hour if you're super intense and focused on it. You can do a presentation and bring it to five different outlets or platforms or podcasts, whatever your comfort level is. That's the best use of your time because it's a one to many. The type of audience you can reach as a speaker is way larger than you could do just doing individual. Uh, let's have a connection call, and I, 
I'm not bashing that. That's a great way to get to know people. It's a very intimate way to get to know people. But depending on your business model, if you have no time, then please record something. Please do a video. Please show up and live if, if that's the platform you want to use. Find some way to get in front of multiple people at the same time. And then repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. <laughs> that's another thing we love to hear repurposing content. We've talked about that a couple times on the show because, and it's funny, actually, I was going to say this earlier and I kind of forgot about it. It's funny that you should talk, talk about Enneagrams. We're actually having somebody on the show in a couple of weeks. That's about talking about Enneagram types. And last night I took a test and I found out I was a four and a seven. Oh, like you're both. Equal. Oh. Equal. Yeah. And like, I looked it up and it's like the creator and the adventurer and like, some people think it's like oil and water going together. And then some people are like, oh, it's a natural like mix. So I'm interested to hear what we what what that means later on uh, in a couple of weeks. I should because... listen to that one because I'm not that familiar. I just kind of have the basics down. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're all good. And not that we usually like to tease our episodes, but in a couple of weeks, that's what we're going to have on. Um, you know, it's going to be a good one, I think. Um, <laughs> Sounds how... like it. How is it? So, yeah, we can talk about, you know, showing up more confidently and, you know, it's empowering to us, but how is it going to benefit our brand or our business? How is showing up more confidently going to kind of bring in those, those followers or sales or to help expand our reach? Mm, that's a great question. And that's the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today. Um, I want to share a little story about a woman who came to town. She's an influencer, a best-selling author. Her name is Gretchen Rubin. She did the Happiness Project, uh, Better oh, yeah. Than Before, The Four Tendencies. Mm -hmm. I actually did a video on Four Tendencies as it relates to weight loss because I work with a lot of people. If you're familiar with the tendencies, there's uh, Obliger, there's Rebel, there's Questioner, and there's um, Upholder. Gretchen herself is an upholder. And one of the things, she came here to do a live podcast recording in Minneapolis, and my husband and I went as a date night. It was super fun. Uh, she and her sister do a podcast together. And what I found super fascinating, so her book was about being happier. And she's done a number of different books on the same topic, so different habits that she's taken on to live a happier life. And the most interesting thing to me was the audience asked her so much about the fact that she doesn't eat sugar. At one point, she gave up eating sugar entirely. As an upholder, that's a pretty, it's not easy, but it's easier for her than some other personality types. So I found it really fascinating because, you know, I was a former health coach. At the time, I was health coaching. It was several years ago. And because she had this platform and she was inviting people into her audience, and these people have listened to her and her sister for years on her podcast or read her books, they were bated breath listening to everything she had to say about the fact that she doesn't eat sugar. And I was like, hmm, she's not medical. She doesn't have any experience in coaching or anything like that. She has a platform. She has a brand. And therefore, she's seen as a go-to thought leader. People were there just to spend time with her during this two hour long show. And it was a one time only show. So it was kind of hard to get tickets. And that's the power of your brand. Like she's not necessarily offering health advice out there, but people were asking her about health advice. So what that taught me was 
if you have a platform and you get to choose what that platform looks like, you ladies have your podcast. I have my speaking. You know, you get to choose what that looks like for you and what's comfortable for you. But what I realized is you're seen as a thought leader in that space, whether you're inviting people in or they just want to be a part of your community. And that's super powerful. So I can't tell you how many people ended up buying more books at that event or they just want more of you. You know, it's not just about the lurkers and the fans and the followers. It's the people who want to work with you and want to learn more from you, not just in your area of expertise, but in other areas of your life that you might happen to share about. So basically, if you show up and you show up with confidence and you know your stuff, I was going to say the other word, but Kate likes to keep this you know, anyways, I try to keep it PG, then people are going to just (laughs) gravitate towards what you have to offer, or a piece of what you can offer in that situation. It was interesting that, you know, she talks about happiness. And I don't know much about her, her book specifically, but that people gravitated towards a, a thing. And to tie this back to our earlier conversation about like the two-way street, you can start to listen to see what they're interested in and you can continue to to modify your offer or your service, um, you know, to, to reach more people and to, you know, make more money and your business can grow. Very much, very much. And at the end of the day, you're going to keep finding things that will serve your audience in different ways as you grow in your business. And um, if you have a platform and you have people in your audience, then you can do that. And they will probably enjoy experiencing that with you. So it's so powerful. You have so much reach when you put yourself out there. So even if you're Mm -hmm. like today, oh my gosh, it feels so scary to do this. I don't know if I can show up. Think about five years from now. Like what could change for you as a result of you taking that first step? It's, it's totally true. You know, um, just making small changes in continuing to build on that, as you said, doing what, you know, you feel comfortable with. Yes. And then see if you can take it a step further Uh every day or every week, you know, um, just to see how much, how far you can take. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about being daredevils people. We're talking (laughs) about maybe showing up on Instagram live or something like that, which I have to say, I have not been very good about because I feel the same. I'm like, oh, I don't have my makeup done or, oh, I'm not feeling cute right now or whatever. You're not um, dancing on reels? <laughs> and I was dancing Although you do, no, you do I'm, some good reels. Kate's been doing the reels and I feel like they're... Well, I've been doing a lot of like Halloween stuff and fall stuff lately. So, because <laughs> it's when we're recording this, it's it's coming up to Halloween. Um, so yeah, it's... No, I it's fun and I love doing it. It's just some, I, I want to feel good on that day. And so maybe I don't do it when I don't feel good. Um, and the other point you made with the confidence thing, I mean, nobody's going to want to buy or buy into someone who isn't confident. It's one thing to show. And I think this is important to note. Um, you know, sharing sometimes, you know, like you share your story, you know, about your weight loss, you know, sharing kind of those moments of vulnerability, I think is helpful to connect with your audience. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that and, and maybe showing a moment of, of, of weakness of feeling maybe not so confident. Because again, that can make your clients or, or audience relate to you. Um, 
but then showing up as like a confident, like, yeah, okay, I had this moment, but now here's where I'm at because I took charge and made made it different, made a difference in my life. So Jen, I just have a couple, I I just want to know, like, who do you typically work with when you're, when your clients are coming Mm. to you? What is, um, just give us, I guess, maybe your general avatar, like a combination of, you know, what, what these people look like for you. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. I love working with coaches who are in the transformational space and typically newer coaches. Um, you don't have to be a coach. You could be a service provider. Um, of course, because I came from the health and wellness industry, I have a, a, a you know passion for people who do you know things like Reiki and acupuncture and energy work and things like that. Um, I very much am attuned to the intuitive or empath community. I've actually delivered you know personal workshops for those types of people because I think a lot of the content that you'll see out there, especially all the courses that came about in the past year and a half. Um, are designed for people who like to go step-by-step through a process. And that's not necessarily how intuitive, creative, or empathic people work. Uh, They're more spatial. So it may not be a step one, step two, step three process for them. So I like to work with people who are perhaps, you know, don't resonate with the cookie cutter type programs or don't resonate with just do this and then do that and do this and you're on your way. They're like, no, there's got to be a more creative, more interesting way for me to tap into this thing, you know? (laughs) So those are the types of people I work with and I help them with delivering powerful presentations. So there are any number of ways you could do a presentation. It could be a Ted talk. It could be a podcast. It could be a workshop that someone invites you to present to their community. I love doing membership group presentations because they're so fun. Um, generally hosts of communities know exactly what their community is looking for. But if you're someone who's like, I want to get out there. I don't have a lot of time. I'm a newer coach. I don't know how to find clients. And maybe you're still working the nine to five. There's no shame in that. Like (laughs) I spent many years working nine to five and hustling on the side. Um, But you're limited in time. You maybe have money but you don't have the time to figure it all out on your own. And you're like, I have some skills with presenting. I don't really know the online thing. I'm not too comfortable with the online thing, but I know that I can make an impact either through a personal transformation story or the type of results that my clients tend to receive after working with me. So those, that's in a nutshell who I tend to work with. I will work with men, but typically women are most attracted to me as well. So does that help? Yeah, it does. I think it kind of brings it full circle to, you know, kind of the the work that you do and where you're coming from. So, um, and then where can people find out more about you and these wonderful offers that you have? Yeah, well, my digital home is weightlesschronicles.com. You can also find my, me on Instagram at Jen with two N's, Spingo. Um, And one of the ways in which I support people, part of being confident is knowing exactly what you're going to say. So Mm -hmm. my free gift for people who are listening today is the create a successful speech checklist. So if you're a person who's like, you know, maybe I don't want to go through steps one through five, but I want to check and make sure I'm covering everything I need to cover before I go live or before I do this presentation or before I record this video. This checklist is exactly for you. It also helps you get clear on what your speaking vision is. I think a lot of us, when we're first starting out, we're like, I'll speak to anyone. I'll speak to this person. I can speak about anything for 45 minutes. 
it's not necessarily about that. It's being really intentional about what your brand is, how you're going to bring that brand to people and who would most benefit from that. So this checklist is a free download. You can get it on my website and I'll share the link with you under the show notes as well. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I think that's one thing I, I sometimes will do when I'm like getting ready to show up live. I'm like, wait a minute. I like, I'll like get ready. And then I'm like, wait, what oh, the yeah. fuck am I even going to talk about today? Like I need to like or slow, I press slow record. Down. Don't slow down like, too much, but just do it. But yeah, exactly. I press record and I'm like, okay, what do I think I'm going to say? <laughs> uh, it's nice to see you all. And it's like, okay, well, no, that's why that's another reason why I don't go on live. Jesse's actually really good at the live thing. Yeah, um, I, I I mean I've been a little little busy, you know. But to your point, like it's all about prioritizing, and I love that you talked about that because even I've said like you'll prioritize what matters. If it's really mm-hmm. important to you, you will make time for it. And so it's not, and you know, it's to say that you know you're just busy. I mean, yeah, you're busy, but you're prioritizing you know certain things at that time, whether or not it's right or wrong, and maybe the showing up has to take a back seat for a little while but yeah. um yeah the no, recording is... in the front seat of the car that sounds very familiar oh yeah well i'm we usually both, the one talking about videos that. they're so fun i'm like i got 10 minutes i can go live i yeah, usually but... like sit in my driveway for like a hot second because the lighting I'll is be... always really good in the car oh yeah, and the, yeah. and the the acoustics they're fabulous absolutely fabulous although now i've got a very vocal two-year-old that decides to drop her you know opinion in every once in a while and I'm like well you just ruined that take kid so, <laughs> I used to record 45 minute long live streams I mean it's horrible oh it was like three years ago and my daughter would walk into my room and people would be talking to me on the side and I'm like I can't do this anymore just can't do it so now I do short videos <laughs> but you know what and short con- short digestible content is probably more successful anyway at least that's what they're finding these days yeah. so well because who has know. the attention span for i don't know i'm like squirrel every two well, seconds yeah but. well we just hope that people are have a digestion span a digestion the attention span to listen to a 45 minute episode of, of cocktails and content i know right too many cocktails um, obviously i don't have the attention span to use the right words so, um, well, that being okay. said, Jen, it was so good to yes. have you on. This is really, um, I think a lot of our listeners are going to enjoy this because as I've mentioned, yeah. I know a lot of my audience, um, whether it's my course students, they've struggled mm-hmm. with showing up, but even a lot of my own personal clients, that's why they're hiring me. They want to start showing yeah. up, you know, in maybe not in the live format, but the, the content, the visual content to, to, you know, be seen. Um, yeah. So I think I think a lot of them will benefit from a lot of these little nuggets we have for them. And I think a lot of people just even if you don't have necessarily a personal brand or something showing up on Instagram, you know, creating space for yourself in the social media world is so important because, you know, we all want we all have a message and we all want to be heard. Um, and just doing it confidently, I think, is the best way to get that that message across. So yeah, and video receives like three times the engagement. As long as it's a short video, let's not mess yes, with not forty-five fans. minute long lives with kids walking through the background. Well, Jen, make sure your you. captions are on too. Oh, that's. A, <laughs> I need to. Yeah, I need to do that more. So, well, Jen, thank you so much. It's been wonderful chatting with you today. Thank you, Jesse and Kate. Thank you. So, I think my biggest takeaway from talking with Jen was just doing it. And, and that's kind of been a, a, 
a consistent piece of advice throughout our podcast is like yeah. just yeah. doing it. We get in the way of ourselves so easily. Like there's always, excuse, we always can make excuses. The other thing was, and you had brought this up, like leaving less time to come up with those. Yeah. Well, I think, I think Jen said, you know, don't allow yourself to have so much time and like, you know, mulling it over or, Mm -hmm. you know, because what happens is we'll always come up with an excuse. And so the less time you give yourself to think about it, the more likely you'll just take that action. And so I think that that's one of the, the takeaways I also, you know, really, you know, brought back from our conversation with her, but also, you know, I want to, you know, make it easy for people, right? You know, some people Mm -hmm. we can say, just do it all day long. And sometimes people just, they, it's not that easy for them. So one of the things I think that can help you in moving forward is doing what you're most comfortable with. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about what everybody else is doing, but do what's you're most comfortable with. So if you're comfortable with stories, if you're comfortable with just static images, or if you're comfortable with lives, do what you're most comfortable with. So you're not wasting that time stressing about doing something new that makes you anxious. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think a lot of what she talked about, you can take, as you kind of said, Jesse, you can take back to your clients, whether they're your actual photography clients or your brand photographer method clients, Mm -hmm. um, teaching them about, you know, being confident. And for me, it's, you know, it was a great lesson in how I just need to start showing up more. You know, I haven't been very good about showing up on my stories lately. Like I've, I've been posting to stories, but I haven't like actually been turning that camera around and showing my face and just saying, Hey, I'm alive. (laughs) Actually you did that a couple of weeks. You're like, Hey, I am still alive guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I had a, and then I kind of like fell off the face of the earth again, just because, you know, I'm still kind of like, you know, recovering from that Uber busy time that I had. And so, you know, also giving yourself some grace, you know, and doing all of this, Mm -hmm. but, you know, I think again, just doing what, doing what is most comfortable for you and then just taking that first action. Um, yeah. Will taking this, the first step is I think going to be a big one for everybody. And that is just, just do it. Just, and it, it goes back to our episode with um, Megan Turner and mm-hmm. Paige uh, and she, that was her piece of advice. Like just do it. And we've consistently heard that. So everybody out there, just do it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community. Just do that as well, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. And you can email us at Cocktails and Content Creation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram. And I'm going to try to show up a little bit more on my stories. That's at Fashionably Kate and Co. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you're a brand photographer looking to get into more of the brand photography world, I'm at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time for another great episode of Cocktails and Content Creation. Until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. <laughs>